What a world! Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, February 16th, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And I want to remind you before we keep going that the Ocho is presented to you by our friends at Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Biltong 32 and each meat stick appropriately has 8 grams of protein. 8 Ocho, you get it. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you as well. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. That is RighteousFelon.com, discount code BTB15 like I did last night to get some new bags of Nelson Mandela. I got 15% off my order just like you can as well. All right. Uh, full disclosure, as we kind of get started here, two things. One, it's a little bit earlier than I normally record this show. Um, it's Wednesday, about 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Just kind of made sense in my day to get it done earlier. Um, it's the off-season, so there aren't going to be a lot of big things that happen in, in certain weeks. Um, but, you know, we have some big things to discuss. But it feels kind of safe, but watch uh, something incredible happen in the next, I don't know, six to eight hours that forces this episode to never be seen. I have to delete it and re-record, whatever. So that's the first thing to get out of the way. The second thing, I know we did not have an episode of the Ocho specifically last week. Obviously, you heard from me a lot uh, in our BTB interview series. We had lots of friends stop by blogging the boys in the lead up, obviously, to Super Bowl 57. That shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs won. Um, was that a sentence? That the Kansas City Chiefs, shout out to them, whatever, they won. Thank you so much, Chiefs, obviously, for saving our offseason. But but um, lots of great interviews, hopefully, that you enjoy. You can go back and listen um, here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. You can watch them all as well if you'd like on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. The Trevor Lawrence one, there was a mistake on my part. We talked about that. That was really embarrassing. Uh, but uh, Trevor Lawrence was one. Adam Vinatieri, I really enjoyed. He, By the way, there was a doink in the game, Harrison Butker, uh, that field goal early on. So if you followed Adam Vinatieri's advice, you have a free DiGiorno's pizza. Obviously, we heard from Trayvon Diggs, um, who uh, made a bit of a plea uh, to all of us, I guess, to get Stephon Diggs, his brother, to the Dallas Cowboys. That is certainly going to be a storyline that floats around this offseason. USA Today did interview Stephon on Friday, and he just kind of I wouldn't say threw more gas on the fire or gasoline, whatever, um, but but definitely did not you know, totally put out the flame. So that is definitely going to be a thing, I think, this offseason um, as we move on throughout it. Uh, but so you didn't hear from me on the Ocho, so you're hearing from me here today. Uh, the last kind of little just thing to pay attention to, I know my voice sounds weird. Uh, I've been dealing with some sinuses or allergies, whatever. You know, people say this all the time. They'll be like, oh, it's that time of year. I don't know what that time of year is. I'm not qualified to talk about that, but um, I'm feeling fine. I just sound weird. So uh, apologies for the the more nasally uh, sort of tune of my voice than usual. Um it is the offseason. It's our first official episode of the offseason um, for the NFL, obviously. We've been dealing with this life uh, for about a month now as Dallas Cowboys fans, and we get this question every year. We're not going anywhere, and that applies here with me on the Ocho. That applies to all of our shows across the network. 
same schedule, same routine on the podcast network, on the YouTube channel, on the site. We're actually going to be doing something very cool on the YouTube channel. Um, I wouldn't say it's a podcast, but I'm going to... The general idea is we're going to start a Madden franchise. That's what we're going to do. We're going to start a Madden franchise and kind of run through it. Um, and so um, you can hear me there as well if you'd like. Hopefully my voice clears up by then. We should be dropping the first episode, what will be uh, week one of this past season, uh, on Friday on the YouTube channel. So head on over there and check that out. Um, but yeah, it is the off season, And again, I cannot stress enough. I don't want to be bitter or silly or stupid or whatever. But obviously, if the Eagles had won that Super Bowl, it would have cast a shadow on this offseason for us as Dallas Cowboys fans, right? Like, I don't think any of us are too proud to admit that. And I think the same would have been true for Giants fans or Commanders fans. Or if it had been the Cowboys, it would have been true for the other teams. I mean, that's just kind of the way rivalries work. We would have, you know, really hated a lot of the things that we want to do anyway. Um, but uh, but thankfully now we don't have to. And so um, shout out to the artists formerly known as the Dallas Texans uh, who got it done. Uh, very fun Super Bowl. I talked about it, obviously, on Wednesday's episode of the NFC East Mixtape with Brandon Gowton. Um, obviously got the Eagles side of things. So you can go check that out. Uh, what I want to talk about here today, we don't have a guest. We are going to have a lot of guests on the Ocho as um, as the offseason unfolds. So we'll be back with a guest next week. Just kind of wanted to reset here. Um, I wrote an article about this, and we also did a video on the YouTube channel, but sometimes sometimes a good old podcast conversation works well. So I just wanted to turn on the microphone and talk. I wanted to talk about things I feel, things I just kind of have floating around in my mind as they relate to the Dallas Cowboys in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, the Cowboys did not play in the game, but the way the game unfolded, the fact that the Chiefs won, the fact that both teams were in it is important and is relevant and, you know, gives us a lot of information that we can kind of glean and take away from it all. And so uh, if you'd like, I, I wrote a lot about this. You can check out the article at bloggingtheboys.com. Uh, five takeaways that I have. And, and like I said, there's a video component as well. But number one, and this is the one that I think um, I'm surprised at that I feel the most. Uh, number one, contrary to popular belief, the Dallas Cowboys are in a very good place. Now, I appreciate those of you who have been following me or listening to me or reading me or whatever for a few years now. I can't believe how long I've been in this game. Um, but but I am definitely guilty of being a bit negative when it comes to the Cowboys in the past. Now, I don't regret anything I've said. I, I stand by everything that I've said and the criticisms that I've levied at the team. Um, but I, I think that, you know, we talked about this as the season unfolded. They did earn a benefit of the doubt in my mind. Uh, they did, you know, prove us wrong on some things. That doesn't mean they're perfect. That doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes. That doesn't mean that there aren't things that we can and should criticize. But, I mean, they answered the call <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. And I, I respect that a lot. Um, I respect when anybody can can walk the walk after they talk the talk. And the Cowboys said, we're going to go at it this way. And, and you can certainly argue that they got lucky in a lot of senses. But the fact that they you know, went four and one without Dak Prescott. The fact that, you know, they really struggled to find production outside of CeeDee Lamb as far as offensive playmakers are concerned. Obviously, Tony Pollard's a part of that, but you get my point. I mean, the fact that they really struggled, that, that you know, think about all the decisions that, that they made at wide receiver, trading Amari, re-signing Michael Gallup, obviously bringing in James Washington, drafting Jalen Tolbert. Thank you, Bear. I mean, most of those decisions were wrong, right? <laughs> like, like they, they failed at a lot of those, and they still by a lot of objective measurements, had one of the best offenses in the NFL. And, and so that's, I, I've made this point a lot, but like something has to be very good there, right? Like we can't sit here and say Dak sucks, McCarthy sucks, Kellen sucked. It can't just be everyone sucks 
and that they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Like there has to be some sort of straw stirring that drink. Shout out to Stephen Jones. And I think it's Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. And I, I still value Kellen Moore. It's a shame that things kind of had to go that way. And I understand why they did. Uh, by the way, Doug Nussmeyer is following Kellen to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but that gives me a lot of hope and it gives me a lot of hope as well that the Cowboys now have you know I know Tony talked about this on first and 10 on Monday with Aiden uh by the way go listen to them interview Kevante Turpin and Tariq Woolen but I think it is impressive or whatever that CeeDee Lamb Trayvon Diggs you know Micah Parsons in the lead of the Super Bowl are doing all their interviews making the rounds and even Trayvon Diggs telling us here you know we need to surround Dak we need to go get help that feels impactful to me so you have this team that that has a very good nucleus you have this nucleus that is very you know outward in in terms of of you know what they're speaking and what they're saying and and what they're trying to advocate for that is a good thing I mean this team is 24 and 10 over the last two seasons they don't have a Super Bowl banner I'm not going to pretend that they're the Chiefs that's not my point here I mean I would trade this obviously but I mean they the only team in the NFL over these last two years that has won more regular season games than them is the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> like, so we, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't sit here and be like, they suck. They're losers. I mean, that's where, like, I, I think that, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in the bitter end and we allow that bitter end to frame our whole perception as we enter the offseason. And so they are a very, very, very good team and they seem to understand that they have to get better. That is a promising thing. Now, there are other sides to that coin. We talked a lot last year about how regression was likely going to be coming from them, especially as it related to turnovers and takeaways. That did not happen. <laughs> I mean, shout out to them. Kudos to the Cowboys for for being the one out of a million. But they were. I always, by the way, when I say one in a million, I think of that song. Um, the only time I've ever really heard this song is um, when they do the Statue of Liberty dance and Miss Congeniality. You know what I'm talking about? When, um, when Sandra Bullock's character is like, talking to the FBI agents and she like hurries out and just like perfectly transitions into the dance moves and it's like you're one in a million I think of that song every time I say that phrase uh, but um, anyway they are a very good team they have a very good foundation they have a very good coach they have a very good quarterback they have a playmaking star in the making wide receiver they have arguably the best defensive player in the NFL I know Chris Holling is very passionate about that idea that Micah Parsons should have gotten more love as it related to the votes for defensive player of the year they have one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL they have maybe the best defensive coordinator in the NFL so like we can sit here and we can rightfully be upset about certain things but we cannot act like they are this poverty franchise that is doing nothing right so I think that is, you know, item number one that has to underscore everything that we're going to kind of see and evaluate over the next few months, because that is an important thing. Um, so number two on my list, and this sinus issue is really starting to bother me, but number two, and this one's frustrating to admit, but it's the truth. The Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Remember, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, but should still be considered a standard for Dallas to follow. Now, I mentioned um, that we had a YouTube video up on our channel um, where I talked about this same idea, and a lot of the comments there um, were kind of just like, hey, RJ, you know, the, the Eagles can't be the model for the Cowboys because Jalen Hurts is on a rookie contract. I understand that. I acknowledge that. I'm not saying that, you know, carbon copy, you know, 100% equal variables, equal situation, the Cowboys can totally adopt the same roster building philosophy that the Eagles have. That's not my point. What my point is, is that the Eagles, to me, 
and I, I mentioned this several times, I wrote about something last week and I did not enjoy it, but it was an article for SBNation.com, helped out obviously in the lead up to the Super Bowl. And the, the premise of the article was that the Eagles had the best offseason in the NFL a year ago. And that was true. That is still true. The Eagles had the best offseason in the NFL of every single team. And it was so good that they came so close to winning the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl by three points to, you know, what we are all sort of now finally everyone generally admitting is the, you know, next greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know where Patrick Mahomes finishes in the pantheon of greatness, but we all fully acknowledge he is is very well on his way towards potentially being that dude. He's already that dude in, in many respects. And so, I mean... The Eagles did just about everything right, except for, you know, a handful of things in the most important game. And that is just such a shame. But I, and so you, you cannot necessarily take advantage of a rookie contract with the Cowboys at the quarterback position the way the Eagles have. But you can be equally aggressive. The, the trade for A.J. Brown that I hated on the night it happened worked out wonderfully for them. I mean, and what I love about the Eagles roster building is that it is never enough. It is never, ever, ever ever enough shout out to the song never enough from the greatest showman they are constantly wanting to do and build and acquire more like adam driver in episode eight all right the the eagles did they were they uh, you know I, I don't want i hate to do this right people be like oh the cowboys would have done this i i think that's a silly kind of argument to always make but support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Sorry, it's, uh, like I said, it's 10.30 in the morning. I'm on my second cup of coffee. But the Eagles, after the 2021 season, could have said, you know what, Devontae Smith was awesome as a rookie. Like, he's our star wide receiver. We don't really need another dude we're fine I mean to a degree that is kind of what the Cowboys did right they said well we got CeeDee Lamb you know <laughs> we don't need Amari Cooper uh so we'll be good and again I don't want to relitigate the Amari thing but I love that the Eagles said well you know what's better than one star wide receiver two star wide receivers <laughs> like let's let's get both of them when you know James Bradbury was cut by the Giants for salary cap reasons it wasn't like well we have Darius Slay we're good it was no let's get more when Hassan Reddick was available they said well let's take a chance and let's see what happens and that obviously worked out in the best possible way that it could they are never ever 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 satisfied with anything on their roster that is the mark of an elite front office and that is something I really 100% absolutely hope the Dallas Cowboys are inspired by I would like them to never look at their roster ever again and be like 
we're good. You know what? And I give the coaching staff and the, in the scouting department, obviously, for Tyler Smith, a lot of credit because one of my biggest criticisms about the Cowboys a year ago was how they approached the swing tackle position. The Cowboys went into 2022, we all remember this, and said, well, Tyron Smith, like he might play every game. And if he doesn't, well, you know, Josh Ball's there and, and Matt Willetsko's a rookie. Like, it'll be fine. You know, we cut Lyle Collins, but it will be fine. We don't have to get help. And granted, they did pick up Jason Peters finally after Tyron got hurt. And Tyler Smith was able to kind of help them survive. But you you never know what resources you are going to need. So you should always, always, always be looking to restock and replenish. So I hope that the Cowboys are inspired in that sense. Um, okay, that is number two. I have three more to get to. Number three, speaking up, it is a good time to be a contending team that is in the NFC. This is where people are going to get upset. All right. I'm going to ask this question openly. All right. I'm just going to ask the question. This question can't hurt you. I promise. All right. You may get upset. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. I'm on TikTok, RJ.Ochoa. You can email me, RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com. A lot of ways for you to get to me. You can always, by the way, leave a review with your comment as well. We appreciate um, those of you that have already done so. But Dak Prescott is the what best quarterback in the NFC. All right. If right now, wherever you are, unless you're driving or something, be careful. I would like you to kind of think, think out loud or think to yourself silently, whatever. How many quarterbacks in the NFC are better than Dak Prescott? Now we can sit here and we can, you know, quibble and we can be silly and we can say whatever. We all know, even if you are somebody who doesn't believe to the degree that I know I do in Dak Prescott, we don't have to be outlandish and say stupid things. All right. We all know he is a very able quarterback. He's the seventh to 10th best quarterback on average. He has moments where he's the fifth or fourth or whatever. I mean, again, I don't want to get lost in the obtuseness of figuring out exactly where he ranks. So that being said, in the NFC, how many quarterbacks are we going to put ahead of him? Ahead of him, excuse me. Jalen Hurts, right? That's frustrating. I'm, but like, I'm not going to argue that right now, right? So Jalen Hurts, okay, that's one. We're all here. We're all on the same page. Who's number two if it's not Dak Prescott? That's my question to you. Who is the second best quarterback today in the NFC? Aaron Rodgers? Nah, dude. Come on. Let's be real. Like, I'm not saying that Dak has a better resume than Aaron Rodgers, but as far as who they, who they are as passers and quarterbacks, Today, you know that that's a silly answer. Plus, he might not even be in the NFC. And again, we're obviously, I'm having this conversation on Wednesday, February 15th. You know, there's going to be free agency and trades in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. But so Aaron Rodgers may not even be an actual factor. So that being said, these are the non-Jalen Hurts, non-Dak Prescott quarterbacks in the NFC. Starting quarterbacks. Thank you, Bear. All right. He, you know, Bear thinks Justin Fields deserves a spot. Justin Fields is one of them. Uh, Daniel Jones, I guess Sam Howell. Kirk Cousins, who I believe in, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, as mentioned. If not, maybe Jordan Love. I don't know what Tampa's going to do. New Orleans might be Derek Carr. Carolina is who? I mean, like, you know, Atlanta is Desmond Ritter. Uh, San Francisco. I mean, Brock Purdy. You're going to sit here. Don't do not do the Brock Purdy thing, right? Like, we're all very interested to see what his career is going to be. But Brock Purdy is not ahead of Dak Prescott on this list. Geno Smith, Matthew Stafford, he won a Super Bowl. I mean, let's be real again. Kyler Murray, I mean, has a lot of talent, but there are obviously a lot of things there. There is a very strong argument in my mind 
that Dak Prescott is the second best quarterback in the NFC. He's the third best at the worst, right? Like, I mean, when, when you say it out loud like that, I mean, when you talk about the quarterbacks who are better than Dak Prescott or whatever today, most of them are AFC quarterbacks, right? You got Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. A lot of people would take Justin Herbert. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is now in the mix. If you still believe in Russell Wilson or if you're a Tua fan, I mean, whatever. If you're going to argue for Deshaun Watson or whatever the case may be, you get my point. Like, most of them are in the AFC. The only one who I think you can say about the you know reality of who in the NFC is better than Dak Prescott, it's probably just Jalen Hurts. I mean, so you're telling me, like kind of getting back to the first point, that the Cowboys have the second best quarterback in the conference? Like that in and of itself should be enough to kind of keep things relatively confident around here. Um, but I'm curious what you all have to say as mentioned. Number four, this is kind of the only negative um you know, sort of item on my list. And I don't know that it's really negative as much as it is just, you know, real. Um, number four, the days of the division being an afterthought are over. Um, now, on the subject of Dak, we know his record, obviously, against the Eagles and the Giants and the Commanders. And it's pretty sterling. Obviously, he's only ever lost to the Giants in his rookie season. Um, and I think for a long time, you know, the division outside of the Eagles. I mean, if we're just, I guess my point more specifically is the four games between the Giants and the Commanders, those games have been kind of a wrap, right? Like those games have been just kind of an assumption for the Cowboys, right? Like, oh, they're going to win at least three of those, right? Like they're going to sweep the Giants and they're going to maybe split with the Commanders, but they're going to find a way to win three of those four games. In fact, that's actually what happened this past season. The Cowboys swept the Giants. They obviously beat Washington the first time around, and then they lost in the regular season finale, whatever. But you get my point. Like, I don't know that that's the case. I mean, the Giants are, are going to be better. I don't I don't know exactly what they're going to be in 2023. I'm very interested, but they're no longer an incompetent franchise, right? Like they're very kind of abled um, at this point. And so the Giants are going to be an issue. I think even the commanders, like the commanders challenged for a playoff spot. You know, I don't know how much I believe in Ron Rivera and there's a lot going on there with the ownership and whatever. Um, but still, I mean, they're they're, they have been much worse in the past, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. So that is a, a part of the reality that we have to kind of reckon with as Cowboys fans. Um, certainly the Eagles will be tough. I mean, the Cowboys split their games with the Eagles this past season. And obviously it was a very unique season in terms of their matchup specifically with the backup quarterbacks. But it's possible the Cowboys lose both those games, right? I mean, the Eagles are a very good team. And so these are going to be six more difficult games than they have been uh, for the Cowboys. And so that's an important piece of consideration, I think. And as far as the NFC East as a whole, I mean, this coming season, the NFC East is going to play the AFC East, right? So, and this, this is something that has, you know, that every team has to deal with. But this past season, just as an example, the NFC East played the AFC South and the Cowboys, you know, three of their wins came against that division, right? And obviously all of the Eagles wins came against that division and the AFC East is, is going to be much better, right? The 2023 AFC East is going to be much better than the 2022 AFC South. Um, and so the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Commanders, they'll all have to play the Bills and the Dolphins will be better and the Patriots, you never know. And, and maybe Aaron Rodgers winds up on the Jets. But um, I think the divisional element is a much more important thing than it has been in some time is, is really my ultimate point. Uh, speaking of ultimate point, my actual ultimate point, number five on my list. Here we go. The biggest Cowboys things of this offseason will have to do with people already in the building. Now, this is a Cowboys slash Stephen Jones special. All right. Um, is it important for the Cowboys to 
be aggressive by way of trades and free agency and for them to continue to have the same success we've seen in the top of the draft and not just the top of the draft but throughout the entire draft absolutely that is an essential part right like whoa big shocker you know the Cowboys need to you know be very good at everything they do (laughs) right um but I I mean the two most important things, maybe this is kind of one, but the, the most important thing the Cowboys have to do this offseason, in my mind, is get a long-term deal done with Trayvon Diggs. And if you heard the interview that I did with him, that was a subject he did not touch. He was a, an extreme, uh, extremely difficult, you know, kind of uh, person to get anything out of. He is obviously not going to make any sort of mistake, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but you, you just... we. We've seen how this works, right? We've seen how this goes. If you don't have an idea at this point in time, you're just ignoring all of the information. I'm not advocating for giving Trayvon all of the money in the world. What I'm advocating for is reckoning with reality. You cannot, Cowboys, give this player or any player with his career and resume, you know, accomplishments, you cannot give him anything lower than what is fair. Market rate. Those are the two most important words here. Market rate. What is market rate for Trayvon Diggs? You figure it out. I mean, like, it's not even difficult to figure it out. I mean, go to overthecap.com. <laughs> like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you have to come to terms with that. At no point is, is a player of Trayvon's caliber going to say, you know what, I'm willing to take less because you're the Cowboys, because I can get more sponsorships. That is not going to happen. Deal with the reality. Swallow the pill. It has to happen. You're going to have to pay him. What we do not want to see is Trayvon Diggs going into a contract year with the Dallas Cowboys. We don't want that stalemate. We don't want that situation. That is something that we just do not want any part of. This season has a lot of promise, has a lot of potential. As previous outli- as previously excuse me, outlined, the sinuses are, are making their way back, do not energize this wrench into this situation give him his market rate contract you told us cowboys last year all right that when you made the decisions that you did that you were gearing up and that you were preparing for the reality where you were going to have to pay Trayvon Diggs and CD Lamb now CD is obviously a huge priority as well but you have the ability to you know obviously pick up his fifth year option this offseason so you have more time as it relates to CD Lamb you're not you know as pressured when it comes to him if you want to get a long-term deal done with CD Lamb this offseason as well be my guest beauty and the beast baby I'm super down for that give them both their deals we know all of us that these players are going to be part of the core nuclear of the Dallas Cowboys for the next five to seven years. Obviously, you're going to have to do the same with Micah Parsons a year from now, even though you can pick up his fifth-year option. At some point, you have to pay these players. You you lost, Cowboys. You lost the, the standoff with Dak Prescott. Learn from that, as predictable as it was, and do not mess this up, all right? This is an opportunity to be forward-thinking, to just do what everybody has to do. You're not special. You're not an exception. You do not get to be the team that gets star players for lower than market rate. It is not going to happen. So get it done, please, 444. All right. It took a lot of breath to do this entire um, podcast, if I'm being honest. And it was difficult you know, with my... Um, my sign is some people are saying this is my flu game. Um, you know, no big deal. I don't have the flu, to be very clear. But um, all right. It's now almost 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday. Um, If something ridiculous does happen, I guess nobody will ever hear this, and I'll just delete it, and 
record something else and you'll hear that instead but uh for now that about does it um like i said we'll get back to having some guests uh here on the ocho starting next week of course and um, all of our guest conversations and interviews you will be able to watch on the youtube channel as well by the way big welcome back to joey ike's longtime btb or um you know made his btb re-debut yesterday on wednesday um on talking the star talking the draft uh with connor livesey so uh very happy to have joey back the podcast the videos the articles everything keeps on going uh, there's no off season around here. So like I said, my name is RJ Ochoa. If you're new around here, uh, we have episodes that come out every single day here on the podcast network. Later on today, you will have a new episode of Riled Up with Roy White and Tom Ryle. Tomorrow on Friday, you have new episodes of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray and the Star Seminar with Danny Phantom and Rabble Rouser. And then on Saturday, you have a new episode of The World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. Make sure to please subscribe to the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Like I said, those things help a lot. My name, once again, RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. You can send me an email if you'd like, rj.ochoa at espionation.com. Or, um, you know, you can just send me a good thought, a good vibe. I would appreciate those as well. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. I really do. I want that more than anything. I hope you have the best day ever. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.